0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This
1: episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
0: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Ched and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings.
2: Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Ched. Welcome back, everybody. It's Bob Stoffer. Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. And the second hour of Oilers now at 105 in Edmonton is brought to you by our title sponsor, and that is Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour, Drew Remenda from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Uh, Janie Beam. She is with the River Cree Resort Casino. They are opening, uh, back up. In fact, they've just opened up today. And, uh, we will also hear from Jack Michaels, my play-by-play, uh, partner on the Oilers Radio Network. Momentarily to the River Cree Resort Casino hotline, but I will tell you this. You can text us on our Ashley Fine Flores text line at 780-496-0063. Uh, Ashley fine floors providing winning results for 35 years and when it comes to text we read a wide variance of texts, some which people might think are left of center and some which people might think are right of center we read texts that are critical of uh, me personally and of, of the Oilers comes with the territory team hasn't uh you know, twelve, the last thirteen years out of the playoffs. Obviously, that dynamic changed a bit uh, during the course of the season. But just because you might have a strong left-wing stance or a strong right-wing stance on some issues, doesn't mean that we're going to just completely discount the opinion of the left or the opinion of the right on certain uh, matters. And uh, that's a transition into our next guest because he is strong-minded and he is opinionated we welcome back to the show uh oiler's television analyst uh on nhl hockey and rogers 102 along with louis Debrasque, drew ramenda drew how you doing long time no talk
1: hi robert how are you i'm trying to change though i'm trying not be opinionated anymore to i'm gonna try i'm trying to turn over a new leaf
0: it's it's now how do you do that like uh I, and I've, I've said this before we had uh, louie on the show yesterday and we talked about the you know and maybe it's about a quarter of the trips during the season but we see wayne gretzky uh you know who's in a uh, sort of a, a role with the Oilers, uh you know organization and uh He's kind enough to to join us on our bus, and it always makes for very lively banter. <laughs> Though it's rarely ever about politics, we need to state that no, it's usually yeah, storytelling and hockey. That is some of the funnest stuff you can ever be a part of, isn't it?
1: I remember when we remember when we had we had to do. We were on the trip, and we were in. I can't remember Chicago, and we had to fly to Nashville. To, Nashville,
0: Nashville. No, I lost. No, to, no, no when,
1: we going to, on the break when you went to, when you guys went to Mister Kate's house.
0: Yeah, on, Palm Desert. On, on, yes.
1: Right. So, but we had to land in Anaheim and drive because of yeah. the, the way it was. And it, we get, it's like four in the morning, and you and Wayne are at the front along with, I think Ty was there, a few other people. And I'm sitting at the back, as I usually am. And we are driving now for, what, well, was 90 minutes, right? At least 90 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys are you guys are going back and forth. I can't remember Keith was on there, He's back and forth about the stories, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and who was drafted when? No, no, he was drafted in the second round, in the fourth. In fact, what well, here's how the trade went, and it was going back and forth between you two. Ty and I are sitting at the back, and I'm ready to flam my head against the glass because I just want everybody to shut up, to be quiet. And as we get off the bus, I remember making some smart ass remark. And- Oh, Wayne said it just before you, but you almost said it at the same time. Wayne went, Oh, yeah, we were talking about who got drafted when. Exactly when did you get drafted, Drew? And I went, Okay, shut up, both of you. I'm leaving.
0: Well, Wayne had said it, not me, because uh, like you, I lack the speed, tail, agility, yeah. coordination. Actually, Wayne never got drafted either.
1: Yeah, well, that, that, that was the, that's what you threw out. You threw yeah. out, Well, you didn't get drafted either. And then I, I, thought I was I'm, I'm gone. I'm done. But that's, you know what, I, I've often thought about that. Wayne comes back and talks to you and Jack all the time on the plane. And I've always got the one eye open watching you guys. And I'm, I always, I remember when we were in Washington and, and we were, Wayne, it was when, remember when President Trump had, was coming to the Ritz-Carlton there yeah. and <laughs> the big business meeting? He asked Wayne to show up and we went, yeah, like I'm going there right now. Um, but he invited us to, all to the bar together. Yeah. All of us, you know, all the broadcasters. And and I thought to myself, well, that's really crazy. Why would he want to talk to us? But I think that was the secret. Well, part of the secret besides they were a great team. How inclusive Wayne is, how welcoming he is. I think that was one of the secrets to that Oilers team, was the great team, the, the dynasty team, is that you were part of it. No matter where you were in the sure. organization, no matter what you did, you were part of it. And he was the most inclusive. He's been the most inclusive guy I've ever seen. It still blows me away sometimes when I, when I see him standing beside you and Jack Talk to And I think to myself, that's, that's the greatest hockey player ever in the history of the world, standing right there, talking to
0: us. Just right because. It- no, and it's, you know what? And it just reinforces as good a player as he, 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 he was, he's a better guy. And yeah. it, you talk about the inclusivity. I mean, in the, when Dave Semenko passed away back uh, in 2017, you know, Dave, you know, uh, Wayne told a story and he included Rod Phillips and Jim Matheson and Terry Jones and and Sammy cracking jokes about, you know, they got me up in the first line here to help Wayne out, help get Wayne going, right? And (laughs) it's just, it's just the way, you know, and if you're not part, like you wouldn't believe it, you know, like, but, but saying that, Drew, I, I will say this often, the better the player the better the better the guy and maybe i like we're even watching a bit of a progression with leon dryside like you okay. know obviously i talked to leon a lot when he was in prince albert Corey cluson was coaching him i did Corey's games when you were at the when you were with the ufc you know Corey had just come into the yeah. U of a he was redshirted for a year um you know but leon has really grown really grown in the last couple of years you know what i mean yeah.
1: um, yeah, again, I, I'll give you—I'll give you a ton of credit on that one, as far as, as seeing the growth before, or seeing the potential for growth before. I did, before most of us did, I know I, we all thought he was a good player. Didn't didn't know he was
0: right. great. I didn't think he'd be this good either. I'll be well, honest I mean, with it's, you.
1: It's scary how good he is. But you know, with you know, you and I have talked about this a lot. You want to talk about a guy who put an investment into his career? He did, by by a long shot. He, he was, and I think that, that brief down down in the minors where he was not very good, but he was ticked off. He was ticked off. He was there. Um, that, that spurred him. He's a guy who who is really hard on himself. I think he's he's given himself a chance to relax a little bit better. But I think you're seeing it more, in, and you talk to him more than I do, but I think with, with Leon, what you see is, as you said, there's a maturity level to this kid that is beyond his years. And he's he he's Easier to be himself. It's, it's, it's he's finding it. I think easier for him to be himself. I think he was guarded when he first came, in, and most young kids are. Well, you know, yeah. you're this young guy coming into the NHL and it's like, oh my goodness, this league is this. And I, I think he's now. I'm. He knows how great he is. That's the one thing. I been you have to know how good you are. You have to know what you do to do to, do. to be a great player. You have to have that ego, right? You got to have that strength. And and he also now is is saying, you know what, I'm. I belong here, but as a person, he belongs there as well. But I think that helps having Connor. I think it helps having Darnell. I think it helps having the group of Oscar and all those guys that he's got around him. I think that helps, too, because you're, they allow you to be yourself.
0: Yeah. Hey, true, i got to ask you this. like uh, yeah. Going into this season... The previous 15 years, San Jose had the best record overall in the league. Now, they didn't ultimately win the Cup, but they had some pretty good teams. You were around that team for 10 of those years where you were the team broadcaster. You were with that organization from day one. I know you still keep an eye on them. Did you start to see some things during the course of the season with the Oilers that they could get to be where San Jose seemingly was year in and year out? That's
1: a good question. Uh, Yeah, I did. Here's, Here's where I saw it. Um, when, when Ken came in he made some moves Now Doug Wilson is known for making big moves like big, spl- right. splashy moves but he also the year that, that Todd came to, at the, came to Edmonton the year before they didn't make the playoffs and then Doug the next year when Pete DeBoer became the head coach changed that team like 11 guys that were with Todd were no longer on that team. And that was the team that went to the Stanley Cup final against Pittsburgh. He changed that team over and made some nice little, little moves there. And I kind of looked at Ken doing the, what he did. He brought in some NHLers, just some guys that were in, could, could make an impact in a game. Not splashy, not guys going to get 50, 60 points, but guys who are NHLers that you could trust. they number one. Number two, Dave Tippett. When Dave Tippett came in, it reminded me of when, when Daryl. Sutter took over. Now I know they got co- different coaching styles, but there's there's a consistency to the messaging. Daryl's messaging is very different, and the way he delivers it is really different. But there was a consistency in the messaging and the consistency of the expectations of the players, and that did not change from this is what I expect, and this is what or what we expect as a coaching staff, and this is what you're going to get to. And the last thing, well, not the last thing, but. Joe Thornton, Patty Marlowe, Brent Burns, Logan Couture, Mike um, Pavelski. Bla- Pavelski. Those guys were core. You hear about the core, the core, the core, core leadership guys, and I, I could draw that line right to the Edmonton Oilers. Now, I think the Edmonton Oilers, when you look at this, when you look at Connor and Leon, of those. Sky-high exceptional talents that we may never see again in generational. But Joe Thornton in his prime was Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton yep. was winning MVPs. Joe Thornton was winning scoring races. Um, so when you when you see that you've got Leon, you've got Connor, you've got Darnell, you've got Oscar, you've you've got a team that is that's got those core leadership guys as well. But that are your not only leadership guys, but Great players as well. And I think I think you have to have that. You, you, you can have all the character guys in the world. You can have those hardworking muckers that we love. We, we love those guys because we see them max out all the time. But when you see your top players, and this is the, wasn't this the Red Wing way that we always used to wonder, how does the Red Wings do it? You see their top players be their top leaders, be their hardest workers, being the guys that are pulling the rope instead of pushing it they are pulling the rope along and I think that's where I see that you know the, the, the Sharks looked at the, the Detroit Red Wings because we played them all the time in the, in the playoffs back in the day said how do they do it and they started to try to do it that way and I think the Oilers you can look at the way that the San Jose Sharks were able to do it I don't think they, they took lessons from them but Ken Holland takes over and it's that Red Wing way but it's also those top players accepting that responsibility.
0: Is there something to be said for drafted and developed prospects? Because a lot of the Detroit guys came through that organization, and they had a slower curve, and they weren't top overall picks, like the Oilers, obviously, but David Drysaddle, uh Nugent Hopkins, a one, a three, and a one, uh, Clefbaum first-rounder, Nurse first-rounder. That's five core pieces that were all drafted and developed. Maybe we're talking uh, in another year from now about Yamamoto and Bear being in the mix as well. Is there something to be said for that?
1: remember we had this argument this discussion you and i it was when leon went down and i i argued i argued using detroit yep. and I, I argued using nashville nashville i think one of the best teams i think nashville's guys i did it, it a couple of years ago i did it just as sitting around doing nothing so i almost i pulled a stopper you know where i sat down and went okay how many guys have played in minors <laughs> and i went through it all under their average right. was like a 120 games or something like that. Detroit at one time, their average was 130 games in the minors and 60 or 70 playoff games. So yeah, it was. But you brought up a really salient point, I thought, which was and I still remember to this day, it says, yeah, but those guys, because of what they were, those teams, I should say, because they were drafting, as you said, lower in position because they were such a successful team. They had to send guys down to the minors in order to develop because they weren't ready yet. Right. The Oilers drafted guys like Taylor Hall, Jordan Everly, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, um, even Yak, even Neil Yakupov came in because they were ready to play right away in the league. You would have loved to be able to send those guys down and learn how to be a pro but they had, they had no choice, so they had to go in. But now, because of the way the Oilers are and the way the Oilers are sitting, and because you've got Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson down in the minors doing a great job, you see those guys that came up. And I think you brought you know, you know bring up Kyler and you bring up Ethan, they're two perfect examples of being able to develop guys, but having that luxury to be able to develop guys where you don't have to throw them in the lineup right away in order to compete.
0: Drew, one final one for you. We've got about a minute left with Drew Remenda from okay, HL but... Hockey and Rogers. Yes, a Paul Yarby, a... Uh... You know, another little blip out of Finland yesterday. Never say never in regards to Edmonton. I think the Otters would be hard-pressed to get a prospect back with his highest ceiling. That said, he's a long way from maximizing that potential right now. He's probably just a third-line player at the NHL level. What would you do there? I mean, he's if he were to come, put it this way, there's got, there's got to be a lot of fence mending, and it's both ways exactly. in my book. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. That's you are
1: right on the money there, Bob. I'm glad you said it. There would have to be a ton of fence mending. You'd have to you'd have to have a conversation with Connor, with Leon, with with the core you have to, with the guys that were there before. I, I still remember Connor, you know, if you don't after Peter Shirelli was fired, if you don't believe in us and you don't believe in, in what we can do here, then this is a door for you. You, you can head your way out of the room. We don't want you in there. There there would have to be that messaging and there would have to be that conversation. I think you're right on the money. The fence mending is the first thing before you think you can do anything with Yessie and the Edmonton Oilers.
0: Two-way street. Drew, thanks as always for your
1: time. Okay, buddy. Talk to you later.
0: You bet. That is Drew and I can honestly say I, I look forward to a time in a couple of years from now when maybe we're on a 90-minute bus ride and we're Trying to one up each other in uh, in draft history, and when Drew gets upset again, I think that was a comical story and a funny exchange at the at the end of the night. And for a full disclosure, the Oilers had played in Nashville that night. The game had gone into uh, overtime. It was a game where GJ Kara had a disallowed goal, or his skate was on the blue line. And orders lost in either shootout or overtime to the Predators. We flew. We were supposed to fly into Palm Desert and instead had to fly into Ontario uh, because of uh, some flight challenges arriving into Palm Desert and then ended up having a 90-minute bus ride back into Palm Desert from Ontario. So guys were a little feisty, to say the least. Uh, everyone went golfing the next day, and I wrecked uh, my foursomes day out on the course as usual. Back in two minutes time with Janie Beam from the River Cree Resort and Casino. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. Just hearing Ryan Jesperson tell that story about the phone uh, I can tell you that when my daughter Tori was three, I was having an animated conversation with my wife that I was losing—I usually do—and my daughter grabbed my BlackBerry off the table, and she had a little water pool outside, a little uh, yeah, little pool, and the BlackBerry went right into the pool, and that was it for the BlackBerry for a while. All right, uh, we are pleased to be joined uh, from the River Cree Resort Casino at uh, Janie Bin, Jamie, uh, Janie, how you doing? Bob, how you doing, my friend? Yeah, hey, long time no talk. How happy are you guys to to get back up and Adam? And I guess the question I have for you is is exactly what 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 are you able to do now that Phase Two has uh, opened up from the province?
2: oh god bob to say we're excited as an understatement uh we were able to put all of the precautions and everything necessary in place that we're able to open our casino floor at full capacity our rinks are open from 6 a.m to 11 a.m our hotels open over 10 restaurants are open at the resort um again all the precautions place. we're rocking and rolling over here bob
0: yeah uh you guys must have you guys have over a thousand employees between all the different business units that the river created that uh, a lot of them were not working for a while there
2: that's correct yeah we unfortunately had to lay off the bulk of our associates but we're happy to have brought them most of them back over the last couple of weeks
0: so this is obviously the last three months has been challenging for you uh in terms of uh you, 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 we often highlight a lot of the acts that you guys have brought in we still don't have clearance. Obviously, like this is a hockey show. We know, even though we have texters every day saying, "Hey, why can't I go to the game?" Like we should be opening that up as well. You still have some of those same challenges with some of the acts you ended up booking that you had to cancel on, don't you?
2: Yeah, of course. And the entertainment industry, is really working together on it. All of our acts are getting rescheduled and not just canceled. Uh, looking forward to twenty twenty one for those. So in the meantime, no, no entertainment, but still lots to do.
0: Still lots to do. So the the casino is back up. And are you able to, I mean, I don't know how many, uh, you know, slot machines and tables you have in there, but are you back up to 100%?
2: We're back up to the 100%. So we're actually the biggest casino floor in Western Canada with 1,350 slot machines, including our main casino floor, which is non-smoking and our smoke friendly casino ember which is just shy of 500 slot machines and we were able to open all 1350 of them with partitions in place so we have physical barriers between every single slot machine Um, we also have our extreme clean team that sanitizes the machines after every use and puts a little sticker on them that they've been sanitized after every use. So because we've gone above and beyond and put these measures in place, we were able to open at 100% of our occupancy.
0: Okay. Uh, are all the restaurants open there? I know you guys have got multiple different establishments in the River Cree Resort Casino.
2: Yeah, we've opened our kitchen, our Fat Burger, our Tap 25. All of our restaurants except we are rebranding our SU restaurants. We're rebranding to Italia, A Taste of Italy. Um, okay. so we're just putting the final touches on our new Italian restaurant, and that'll open at the end
0: of the month. And as you mentioned, the hotel's open, uh, the rinks So I don't know what uh, what level in the uh, like during the course of the season you guys generally speaking about a, a hundred percent full with uh, the because obviously it's a great opportunity for people to get back out yeah, there. Yeah, so I'll talk
2: to a little bit. So we haven't resumed any league or programming. We have open ice rentals, um, so sixty minute ice rentals available. Starting at 6 a.m. with the last ice rental at 11 p.m. So lots of hours in the day, um, but we, we have been fully booked right from 6 to 11 every single day. So, of course, restrictions and precautions in place. Um, there can be up to 13 people on the ice. Still manage physical distancing. Um, so, you know, if you want to go shoot the puck and have a bully and a couple guys on ice and shoot the puck around, that's totally cool. Um, we do just expect um, we're still maintaining six feet away if you're not from the same household. So there's been tons of teams out that have come out and done conditioning, um, running some drills, even
0: some speed skating. Cool. Great great stuff, Jenny. Thanks for the update, okay?
2: Awesome, Bob. Great to chat. We'll
0: talk to you soon. You bet. From the River Creek Resort and Casino. That's Janie Bean. Bob Stoffer with you at one twenty-nine. That's that's interesting. I mean, I'm I'm always intrigued to see how various different industries are, are getting uh, back up and at them. Jack Michaels is coming up uh, from the Oilers Radio Network after a Global News weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad.